0: You're listening to a Roddenberry Podcast. Two for the price of one. We're always striving to bring you the best bargains this side of a Ferengi trading post It's 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 10 p.m. Eastern. And that must mean it's time for Mission Log Live. I'm John Champion.
1: And I'm Holly Amos, and tonight we are back to discuss Star Trek Discovery, episode four, season four, episode 11. There's so many numbers right now, you guys, because we're going to not just do Rosetta today. There's more. We're also going (laughs) to do Picard season two, episode one, the Stargazer.
0: Yes, so the first half of the show tonight will be about disco, and then 45 minutes later, so we're going 90 minutes tonight instead of our usual 60, 45 minutes later, we'll switch over to Picard. That's the way it's going to work.
1: Yay! Yay! (laughs) <laughs> so get your questions and comments ready you guys know how to do it uh you can click on the zoom link uh you can call 669 you'll enter the meeting code and the password you see on the screen and then you'll be in the old green room
2: yeah and, let, and
1: also you guys have to let him know what you're here to discuss like which one yeah which thing or both uh yeah hey
0: he- and look and if it's both i tell you what talk to us about disco and then go away and then come back when we talk about Picard, it'll you be can fine. Just hang out
1: in their old green
0: room, hang on their old green. Room. Who doesn't want to do that? that that's <laughs> the best part of the show. Everybody else you're missing out if you don't call in. All right. Well, we are going to be very efficient with our time tonight. So I will quickly say hello to some of the folks in the chat. There's Paul. I'm sure there's another Paul to be found at some point. There's Jane. There's miles. There's Cosmo. There's Alan. Let's see here. There's Rick. There's Chris, uh, there's Dominic, and, uh, ooh, Carlos, of course. We've got to see uh, Carlos in there. There's other Dave, Dave Takechi, or is he Dave Prime? I don't know. We've got to work that out someday. There's Scott Palm. Great to see him tonight. And uh, welcome. Welcome, everybody. And uh, like I said, we don't want to waste too much time tonight, so I'll very quickly give you the update on what is coming up in Mission Log Land and Roddenberry Podcast this week. Uh, This week on Mission Log, Got to take a second here. It is a momentous week. On Thursday, we say hello to Star Trek Voyager with season one, episode one, Caretaker. That is on Thursday, March 10th. Yes. That is my
1: favorite Star Trek pilot, by the way.
0: Really? Uh, you know yes, what? Yeah. I, I'm, I'm not going to spoil it here. Uh, Norm and I had a really great conversation about it. And I look forward to everybody chiming in. And I look forward to hearing what you had to say about it off air. <laughs> so, uh, And then I look forward to checking in with you later, Holly, about Chakotay oh okay um why is he
1: the first character that we see uh uh
0: all right and then this week mission log prodigy and mission log the orville are off uh to give us a big welcome to voyager not to mention tonight's double bill of discovery and picard so uh we just wanted to you know make a little room there so for everything that's happening make sure you stay in touch at podcasts.roddenberry.com where all of our shows are listed and now, okay, you're doing your thing. You're calling in, you're hitting the button, and you're doing all that stuff. Now you're going to let me do the shortest recap in mission log history. Is it? I Probably is. Oh, that's I don't know. really
1: short. Okay, go. All
0: right, we're going to try to hold all of these. If we do the main mission log this short, that would be a miracle. So, all right, here we go. Star Trek Discovery, Rosetta. Time is ticking for the crew of the Discovery, not to mention a good chunk of the populations of Earth and Navarre. Sitting near that desolate former gas giant and its local star in a Dyson ring, a landing party takes the shuttle down to the surface to investigate. Burnham, Saru, Detmer, and Kolber make the perilous journey to find a planet absolutely wrecked by asteroids and abandoned more than a thousand years ago. They do find a huge, mysterious ruin some place of enormous importance, but before they can even get inside, Saru is struck with an intense fear uh, response at at a wailing, fiery vision. It soon passes to Colbert, even to the captain, as they make their way inside. The only one not experiencing it is Detmer, who didn't come into direct contact with the unidentified hydrocarbon dust that is everywhere. She resets their EVA suits to filter it out. All good. Meanwhile, on Disco, the delegates have their own concerns, and President Rillick is trying to hold it all together. What she and they don't know is that Book and Tarka have snuck aboard Disco from Book's cloaked ship with a crazy plan to go full-on Millennium Falcon and ride this thing secretly all the way to where the 10C are keeping their DMA power source. It's a fine plan, until Book gets the idea to try to talk to General Nadoye and uh into spying on burnham forum and tarka gets caught by jet reno back on the planet the party discover that they are in a giant nursery a place built to protect the ten seas young meaning that they must value life on a hunch burnham turns off her suits filter and this time the hydrocarbon is a euphoric loving vision a feeling that is happy but rare for some like saru and detmer They can only all surmise that the 10C have complex emotional lives, and like some other beings, they communicate with an emotional exchange. This first step of the mission to find potential common ground with the 10C is a success, and the party returns to the ship. Onward, to make first contact a much more hopeful experience, so it's all looking pretty good. Except for Jet Reno, who somehow found herself on book ship taken hostage by Tarka. Rude. The end. <laughs> so rude. So rude. Um, you know what I, I liked about that, by the way? And I'm so glad we got callers lined up right now, ready to go. And we're <laughs> going to get right into that so fast. Something that I liked about that is what we didn't see happen.
1: Happen. Right. Because right? I was like, we're moving. We moved on real quick. She yeah. finds them, says, I hope I didn't ruin a surprise party. And then yeah. it goes on to like, what else is going on? And there's like no, sort, but we're still on Discovery, but yeah. there's no like commotion. There's no security being called. And I was like, what
2: happened?
0: <laughs> but see, that's just so cool because, you know, Jet Reno is very cool, very collected and tough. Tarka, obviously a very smart guy and usually plays it very cool. And you just leave that to your imagination. Just something happened and the tables got turned.
1: Also just yeah. very excited that we get, get to see Jet.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Has not so this must have been, been like yeah.
1: when she was available to shoot. And they're just like, we're going to have you taken hostage at the end of the series. Yeah, right,
0: right, <laughs> right. That that Just way, way fun. Uh, by the way, in the chat, and we're going to get to these callers here any second now. Got to say, you know, Bob Amos checking in. Nick DeGood checking in as well. So uh, great to see you. And then Miles uh, echoing something that we talked about. Well, the last time I was here, I was not here last week. Miles saying, I think Saru and Trina make a cute couple. That yeah, That everybody,
1: is. Everybody yeah, thinks that. that. They
0: do. That is a a well-crafted, well-earned relationship on this show so uh let us go to our first caller so glad to see uh it is valeria welcome welcome to the show
1: We're sideways a- for a while sideways for a, for a
0: while wait oh you're muted though we don't want you to be muted we want to hear everything you have to say
3: here we are yep excellent uh, welcome. unmuted and unsideways yes yes <laughs>
0: all right
3: uh, so yeah i I don't have a ton to say about this week, but uh, I I did have just a couple of things that I wanted to say about last week when I was going to bed at six. Um,
0: Uh, Okay, (laughs) fair.
3: uh, I just loved that Tarka section. Like, uh, it was what got me, like, the week before I was calling and saying... Yeah, I don't know. I just don't know if disco is for me this season. And then <laughs> we got that. We got that. And I was just like, Oh, my goodness.
0: you know, it's oh so funny. <laughs> it's so funny that you bring that up. Because uh, since I was not here for the live show last week, um, and I, I was kind of late catching up on the episode before we went on the air. Holly and I were talking about that, and that was a uh, a character moment, a character arc that I really liked, that I really appreciated. Mm-hmm. And I figured at some point they had to redeem Tarka, or not necessarily redeem, but they had to give him some depth, some emotional life for us to ground ourselves with. And I thought they did that pretty effectively, Holly. Took up the opposite position. Yes. Which I thought was also quite valid. So uh holly let's uh let's get into Well, it. <laughs> I mean,
1: I talked about it. We talked about it at length last week, but okay. yeah, yeah, I yeah, mean yeah, and, and Tarka I that on the Tarka is a super interesting character, wildly into him. Wanna know more about this mysterious reason why he's so fixated on getting to home is what he's calling it, right? And mm-hmm. it's I I Por favor. The context that they gave, this relationship that they uh, attempted to flesh out in a singular episode was not my jam. I feel like that we should have been getting context for several episodes, not just the one. It felt forced. I'm glad that they did give him context. Um, I it just wasn't enough for me. And it was too it was it was too quick. It wasn't it wasn't enough time for me to sort of meander on what he must be feeling see the, I, I feel and like then her, and then there was nothing there was nothing about it in this episode either right
3: okay but but for me like part of where i'm coming at it from is that when he first told the story to book the very first time mm-hmm. with like the very bare minimum level of detail yes. i was like i hate that i need him to be lying to be satisfied with this hmm. like I need this to be a lie because he thinks that it's what gonna be what gets book on board with him but then with the way they executed it I was just like that is literally the only way they could have made me satisfied with him telling the truth to book there
1: is he telling <laughs> the truth though
3: we still don't know that <laughs> I was like <laughs> well, he oh. could still be lying
1: there's no one corroborating his story he could still
3: be lying. Yes, but also but also Norman said what I was thinking, <laughs> which was just wow, the romance. Um <laughs> and like okay, also just as a huge fan of the Final Frontier when Oros was describing Kyle so I was just like Vortavor. <laughs> or, as, or, or as more trekkies would know it shakari um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um but yeah no i just really enjoyed that but more importantly i have a kovic speculation
0: oh bring oh, it okay. bring it uh or, or as it. we like to call him uh professor david cronenberg uh yes, that's, exactly yes um yes.
3: so leading up to leading up to that episode i was thinking. Wow, it's really, I was just thinking about how weird it is that he's wearing a 20th slash 21st century style business suit. It's like if some government official today were going to work every day in chain mail like <laughs> it's very anachronistic and okay, he's also yeah. making
1: you know like gilligan's island
3: references uh, yes and then he makes the gilligan's island reference that they made a point of no one else in the room getting
0: right right I and he's playing think... a crossword puzzle or, or, he, I he, just, or he, he's, he had taught a crossword puzzle yeah,
3: to yeah, somebody yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah yeah thank god it wasn't wordle i was like no okay
3: <laughs> so 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 here's my hot theory okay I think that he's a friend of Gary Seven.
0: Whoa. Mm. Whoa. That's
1: Interesting. A, that's a little bit of a deep cut.
0: That is a deep
3: because cut. Because there was some level of time travel shenanigans going on on Gary's end as well as the Enterprise's end. Yeah. And so I just think that he is from the same planet as Gary Seven.
0: Oh. F- Fascinating. Okay. That is a really interesting idea. I, you know, whatever it is, we know that Kovic is not necessarily what we've been told. Like, there is more than meets the eye there for right. sure. So, it's just a question of what. And I, I've seen some other kind of interesting speculation online, like always oh, from you know, an alternate universe or he's from the past or whatever, because how else would he know about these things? Mm -hmm. Um, So I, I very much look forward to whatever additional reveals, although I hope they don't reveal too, too much. Like if that's going to be an ongoing character into the next season, Mm -hmm. I, I, I don't want to just be like, here's the thing to blow your mind and then we're done with that.
1: But are you don't uh, oh, you also, like, I feel like you also don't want him to leave like if they blow our minds absolutely and then he, not. like goes back to where he's from yeah. you're going to be
0: really <laughs> disappointed. I'll be really upset by that. Yeah.
3: yeah. Yeah, no, I I I'm I'm definitely putting him in the same bucket as the Tholians where mm. any answer that we ever get about him should raise at least two to three more questions. Like what they did with <laughs> the Tholians in DS9. <laughs>
0: Very good. That is a great point. I yeah, totally agree with you there. Um, very cool. Uh, one just a couple other little things that I'll uh, reference here from the chat. Um, I and some of these, I apologize, that kind of disappeared and they're a little harder to. Uh, harder it's going to grab, fast. It is going fast. Uh, I believe it was Chris who said that uh, he said Tarka is a plot point, not a character, and uh, you oh. know I. I Okay so I I would take some exception to that. I I feel like what is interesting about him are the ideas that we haven't necessarily explored. So he was very effective in uh presenting, you know, being part of that debate about what do we do? Do we do we use this weapon? Do we just go in and and protect ourselves first or do we try to uh have first contact? I thought that was he was an important obvious, part of that
1: that yeah, conversation yeah it was
0: a necessary way to have that conversation right well because and he then, gave
1: pushback right like it was you have to have mm-hmm, somebody give mm-hmm. some pushback for the sake of storytelling
0: right 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 and then our other characters get to like we saw on the shuttle a couple of weeks ago is just like oh okay they they're still talking about this still debating this it's not just we're all on the same page now so i thought that was cool and then the thing that i feel like we didn't really get out of last week's episode with that reveal with Tarka and so interesting Valeria that you said uh, Shakari because to me it was less about who really is Tarka or who really is Oros but it was this idea of people who were convinced of an idea. They were convinced of a belief that they wanted to have because they were in such Mm -hmm. a bad circumstance and that it, it, it sort of it grounded them a little bit. it gave them an emotional life and you, you were sort of pulling for them you know you, you didn't yeah. want it to all end with this desolation of uh, of that place. So I thought all of that was worthwhile, but I do totally agree with the assessment that you know discovery is not so good at this always, which is mm-hmm. you spend a lot of time on plot. You spend a lot of time on the key characters who are p- part of that plot, and then as you get toward the end of the season, it's like the writers go, oh, wait, well, we forgot to put in this really important stuff.
1: <laughs> so, his motivation? Yeah, his entire yeah. motivation. They, yeah, like...
0: so, so now we need to just cram it all into one episode uh, like we did with Arium and and uh, fighting control, and it was like, okay, well, if we had been mm-hmm. given all that stuff with Arium leading up to the end of the season, then it would have been very cool, but discovery Mm -hmm. doesn't necessarily do that (laughs) so yeah yeah. so i'm i'm a little uh a little on the fence there um uh, but i i felt like emotionally there was some satisfaction from that and then uh, i really enjoyed what we got out of this episode Mm
3: -hmm. valeria
0: any other thoughts before we move to our next caller here
3: I'm just really excited to see where next week goes, which is a nice change of pace with this season of disco. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know what? I, I feel like I treat many of our disco discussions like that, where the first few episodes, I'm just I, like, come on, stop biting off mm-hmm. more than we can reasonably choose. Stop trying to cram all this in here. And then as it goes along, you, you feel like they, they pump the brakes a little bit. We get to spend time on a planet we get to spend time figuring mm-hmm. something out and i get a little more a little more open to it so i i hope that we're all satisfied with the end of this season you know bumpy uh, bumps in the road and all yeah all right yep yep we'll take care and uh, we'll see you next week okay
3: yeah um See, see you in a bit for Picard, in fact.
0: <laughs> okay, all right.
3: Fair, fair. <laughs>
0: Click that button. We'll see you in a minute. All right. All right.
3: See you in a minute.
0: Okay, so let's go to our next caller, and it is Chris all the way from, wait a minute.
3: <laughs> Chateau
1: Picard. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, all right. actually,
2: when I was on location. You were this, there. I was there. In oh, Ochoa. you took that picture. Yeah, I, I took this picture. Yeah, this is yeah. out. We're in it. out in the vineyards, out by the, the data tree. Um, yeah, I'm
1: I'm very sad that Chateau Picard and the vineyards are no longer my hometown because they were in the oh, final cool. episode. The final episode of, oh, we're not going to talk about Picard. Final episode of TNG was shot in my, the, the oh, valley. Oh, they're, I,
2: okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and now
1: it's north of LA. Anyways, all right. We're oh, talking oh, about cool. Discovery, though. Sorry. All right, there we go. Yeah. There we
2: go. All Discovery. right. Um, sort of so on what you guys were saying. Yeah, time management has always been an issue, but I think they've seeded out a couple of really interesting things this week one of which is this idea that the finale is going to be about like recognizing compassion or having the squid people like that's like the answer is not fight them the answer is like talk to them which i think is yes. really cool and the other sort of minor thing that they sort of seeded was whatever is going on between adira and detmer like that seems fun that mm-hmm. they have good chemistry i'm not sure what's going on but mm-hmm. but yeah especially the the main point of like talking to the tendency and not fighting them. I think that being the finale could be really cool. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I, um, I, I totally agree. And that was, you know, one of the bigger notes that I took about this episode. Um, I, first of all, I, I thought it was such an interesting idea to explore communication, not as just we have to sit down and talk to each other, but we have to actually learn how they communicate which might be a totally different paradigm. It has, you know, might have to do with chemical, emotional responses, finding common ground. And it's so, it's sort of so simplistic and it's so obvious, but it is so Star Trek. It is such a hallmark of Star Trek to allow the characters to step back from their preconceptions and go, oh, wait, we actually need to change our perspective to meet these people where they're coming from. And and I just, I love how they're exploring it. I love how they're taking a little bit of time to actually talk about it, get us as the viewers involved in it to understand it. And and look, you know, I've had many criticisms of Star Trek Discovery, but I, I really want to point out where they get it right. And I feel like this is one of the places where they got it right. If you're doing a season about turning fear into communication, and turning this, you know, existential dread into an opportunity, I I think it's great, and it, and it, it absolutely sits up there with some of the best expressions, some of the best Star Trek stories that have ever been.
1: I'm interested to see how like it's going to unfold in terms of our because the first thing that I thought when when they were sort of discovering the emotional aspect of this species, discovering that. Um, my first thought was uh, where's a betazoid when you need one? Like a betazoid mm. would be like super helpful in this scenario, especially if the species did, does not, if they find that species doesn't audibly speak.
0: Mm. That'll be interesting. Yeah. So w- Because to, that's yeah. what
1: I was, that's what I was gathering. Like the focus that they have of emotion makes me feel like they, they, they're not audible.
2: Yeah. It seems mm-hmm. like it's all chemicals. Like, I mean, imagine mm-hmm. if you're in, a gas giant that's full of gas. So you like emit the whatever they call it, right, and, they and she, sort of float around.
1: And, uh, yeah. She even they even talk about like you know species on other planets and like specifically she mentioned bees who sort of communicate via pheromones, which is completely not audible. It's all chemical. Yeah. So I'm I'm interested to see when we meet them how, how they actually communicate.
0: Now, Samet said that the dots uh, detected 16 different hydrocarbon chains uh, that presumably represent, you know, different emotions, different mm-hmm. sort of mental states for the 10C. Um, I think it's a fascinating idea that that's how they communicate might be a little bit limited. You know, if you're I trying do to feel
1: like it's very limited, build, yeah. yeah, you're
0: trying to build a giant structure that's a nursery to take care of your children. Like you have to have uh, uh, ways to measure uh, and you know build and there, I, do other things
1: I, I feel like there also has to be an allowance for i mean as emotional as an emotional species ourselves there the, there's sometimes where you feel emotions that conflict at the same time and it's wildly confusing so for them yeah. to limit themselves to 16 is there any like sort of crossover in those
2: yeah i would imagine it's sort of like going to the sort of chemistry angle is kind of like you can chain the different hydrocarbons together that maybe you have 16 base ones and you know that from there like you have four mm. or 16, however amino acids you have in your body mm-hmm. but you can combine them to make all sorts of different things so maybe it's that also i like that scene because they were like you know, the hydrocarbons and we're testing them and i'm just imagining stem it's in adira just doing lines of hydrocarbons in the engineering day. Like, what does this one feel like? Okay. Give it, give it a go. <laughs> Write it down. Oh, that's oh yeah.
0: That's good. Yeah. <laughs> give, give me the good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. But, you know, it, it comes back to this. It, this is the other thing that I wrote down because I thought it was such a, a good... It might have been too on the nose, but I like it when Star Trek can be on the nose and, and give it value. That last scene between uh, Burnham and Culber sitting in the captain's ready room having the tea or, or coffee or whatever they were having. Um, and it was wrote down these, these three exchanges. Sometimes empathy can be uncomfortable. And it's the only way to connect, to find common ground in communication. What if they know what they've done and they don't care. How do we connect with a species like that? And it, it, it was so so obvious, just so very clear that, you know, they're talking about, okay, what do you do? You find common ground. Look at the world around us today. There are so many fractures in people in the world today on so many levels, political, social, religious, etc. The only possible way to break through that is through empathy. It is through finding common ground to at least start that level of communication and here's, you know, Colbert throwing the wrench into the works, which is, you know, but but what do you do then? What do you do next? And that's what I'm curious to see play out in the next couple of episodes, because you can get to a point where, okay, we, we've tried everything. I always like to think about Picard saying you negotiate, and that if it doesn't work, you negotiate again, and then you negotiate again, and you keep negotiating, until yeah but i mean
1: diplomacy can only go so far if the species you're trying to deal with doesn't care that they're destroying entire planets and i think the reason why burnham is convinced that there's going to be empathy there is because they were on presumably a planet that the species you know lived on for however long Mm -hmm. and it was destroyed so like how can they not understand Mm
2: -hmm. these other
1: species not wanting their planets to be destroyed
0: yeah, sure, I, and i and i think sure. that's where
1: her confidence comes from but i mean Colbert, he's not wrong
0: <laughs> no no he's what not if they don't care yeah 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 because they, they, again we could be the ants in the anthill who just you know just a, a a nuisance and annoyance and something you can easily be dealt with and uh, with no conscience you know so termites termites see there you go Hate those things, yeah. <laughs> right.
1: Just, just smoke bomb them or whatever. I've never had termites, so I don't know what they do. Put those giant
0: something tents over
1: houses, whatever. Exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean that's. I mean they could they could see every other species as that.
0: Yeah. Hey, uh, before we get to our next caller, Chris, you have your thoughts on uh, tonight's? Uh, disco? Yeah,
2: just one little bit because um, mm-hmm. I know this is important to you. John, uh, we got another uh, checkbox on the David Cronenberg lore sheet today. He likes crossword.
0: Yes, like see, mm-hmm. love it. Love it. The more of that, by the way, where is, I, I wrote this down also in my notes. Um, where is my Linus action figure? Mm-hmm. And where is my Dr. David Cronenberg action figure? because Do you you know,
1: think I don't... was Cronenberg looking to let them make an action figure of his character he
0: better damn well yes yeah. yes uh... that's what I is that so much to ask I mean look you've got so much Star Trek licensing going on now so many new figures coming out I don't think that that is too much to ask for in like a wave three okay
1: Oh, okay you don't even need it in wave one Okay. No, because
0: Wave 1's been announced. We, right. we know, you know, that that's fine. I feel like there are other, you know, uniformed characters that we'll probably right. get before we get a uh, Dr. David Cronenberg, but at some point they have to uh, with action tie and uh, <laughs> removable glasses. Yes. Action tie. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. So, <laughs> all right. Cool. Well, thanks so much, Chris, for calling in and uh, we'll see you soon. All right.
1: Yeah, you
2: will see me very soon. In fact, I can't wait. All right, (laughs) take it easy, man. See you. Cool. All right, Alan. Yes. (laughs)
0: Oh. <laughs> there is he is. Alan Alan in front of the uh the preview poster, the yeah, two thousand eight edition yeah. preview poster for yeah. JJ Trek09. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that was I'd...
1: when they that was when they thought it was gonna come out in uh in it was, December it be a holiday of- film, yeah. <laughs> yeah. they pushed it back to be a Slimy Blockbuster. Uh-huh,
2: of course. Well. well yeah,
4: you know, I just you know wanted to show my support for Star Trek. <laughs> see there's the delta this is totally about star trek and not anything
5: yeah. else
0: there you go thank you thank you for being very clear about yeah that. and absolutely. just like they were very clear about the support for star trek by putting the delta on literally every surface exactly that could you be can... printed or touched by human hands yeah
4: yeah if i Unfortunately there's no perspective, so I can't get closer. But yeah, you can still you can see them if you get really yes. close. They're oh pretty... yeah,
0: now I can. Now I can. Oh yeah. Perfectly. They're absolutely yeah, there. thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Alan. So what is on your mind tonight about disco?
4: I yeah, I you know, another another solid episode. I you know I liked the 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 introduction of the um I'm trying to think of what I want to call them. I'm I, I've kind of settled on the BF Skinner spores. You know, the <laughs> ones that make the ones that make you feel like you've had a, a wonderful childhood.
5: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there you go.
4: Um man, that's that's better than crack. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I I bar none, I think, you know, death sticks. Uh, whatever, whatever other fictional uh, drugs might be out there, uh, I, I think I think those spores have just shot up to the top of the list of of things that will absolutely be abused in in our future.
0: Now, now they, wait a should minute.
4: We sur- should they survive?
0: Should they? Survive? Okay, but wait a minute. Is there like a, a kind of cruelty there though? Like that that reaction that Detmer had was well, like, true. oh, this is what I didn't feel with my family this is what i did and, and i would also say burnham i mean look you know she was yeah. brought up by sarek and he is you know well we've talked oh, about his fatherhood he, skills yeah. but she also uh-huh.
1: had amanda like yeah
0: okay okay all right it yeah. wasn't so that,
1: fully it wasn't a full vulcan household
0: true well, thank goodness yeah, yeah. And
4: she 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 does have memories and you know from the from that short track you know it wasn't like she was a baby when when uh, her parents Uh, were killed slash shot to the future, whatever, you know, (laughs) Uh, you know, I get lost in the canon like everybody else, but you know, she has happy memories of, of growing up with them too. Um, But yeah, I I guess, I guess there is an element of ennui that could be a part of the, the spore experience as well. You know, maybe that's not a particularly good trip but
0: (laughs) yeah yeah or or in the case of somebody like detmer or saru or they they might just want more and then we're back to huff and spores you know on on omicron Seti three yeah exactly
4: yeah Uh you
5: know
0: yeah
4: culver seemed to be lingering there for a little while i'm like
0: yeah yeah what's that about powerful powerful stuff yeah what else
4: uh, but yeah that, that was that was good uh i i kind of I bristle a little bit about the, you know, are we just wasting time here because they, from my, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but they can't get into the hyperfield anyway. Mm
1: -hmm. So
4: why are we, you know, why are we, you know, kvetching about, you know, (laughs) sending people on, you know, a fact finding mission, even if you think it's kind of pointless.
0: Um I mean they literally have no facts at that point. Yeah, break. there's so, no facts. Yeah, a fact finding mission, finding any fact would be any of value. Fact. And yeah. I think
4: they they found two fairly relevant facts, and that's you know, that's mission success. Um yeah. you know, and uh, God God bless her. We were talking about uniforms earlier. Uh man, I really want to take General Ndoye seriously but she's dressed like let's face it she's dressed like a, 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 a an air an air steward <laughs> that is that is delta 1987 dress uniform if yeah. i've ever
0: seen it yeah right right
1: but the well, new uh, ev suits are cool
4: oh yeah oh, big they're right hey i love tron i'm a big fan of those <laughs>
0: suits There you go. Can you guys,
1: you know what? You know what I was thinking about when Saru's character started having the trip? Like, Mm. I was like this for first of all, Doug is a phenomenal actor. It doesn't matter what he does. He's amazing. But I was like, this could not have been terribly difficult for him. Can you imagine being in that prosthetic makeup and then (gasps) having that helmet over (gasps) too? Oh,
4: yeah. Yeah. That's not great.
1: Some of that I was like, he's probably not acting.
4: Yeah. No. I would be no.
1: extremely claustrophobic and freaking out too.
4: Well yeah. In the beautiful and, suits. And, <laughs> and the callback to the I've sensed the coming of death.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah. Brilliant.
4: You yeah. know, I was like, you know, that that's just the perfect way to to, to bring that. And he's the, the perfect character to do that to. And yeah, I agree. That that had to be super weird to be in you know three levels of outfit <laughs> yeah. yeah i
1: mean he's i feel like he's used to that kind of nonsense by now given mm. his his career the career that he's had but i still that's yeah. was impressive Yeah, <laughs> that he could I, handle that
0: i i do want to go back to uh something that you mentioned a moment ago and sure. when you we talked about uh general Endoya. Uh, I, I thought, see, this is one of those things where there are so many good and efficient scenes of dialogue in this episode that really just tell you everything you need to know as realistically, as straightforward as you need to hear it for the believability of the story. And then there are scenes where I feel like it's just insert dramatic tension here. (laughs) Um, like they're getting ready to hop on the shuttle to go down to the planet and that's the time that (laughs) President Rillick decides to stop them and say well hmm, are you sure you should go on this mission like first of all we need the mission second of all yes like we had hours and hours and hours (laughs) to discuss that before we even got here and then for that to be another opportunity for Andoya and others to question what was going on it's like no 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 we're past that point we're and and as the audience we already know kind of everybody's feelings on this um so i felt like that was a little out of place it felt like building tension uh for really unnecessary uh reasons at that point
1: well but it, again it it's it's discoveries Lack of being able to sort of, I don't know how to describe it, plan ahead, because I feel like Mm, that scene mm -hmm. was important for context of later her still having doubts and book overhearing that Mm. and then being like, oh, she can be an ally and then approaching her about that.
0: But but we knew that Endoya had doubts because she was the one who, back at the Federation Council, she's the one who wanted to go in guns blazing. So mm. you could you could even reference that. You can even right, have Endoya yeah. and Torina at the same table talking about like look we disagree on this and then boom here's
1: right I, then I,
0: you kind of propel forward i
1: think uh, i think it was important for there to be a reminder um hmm. and i i agree with you that that scene that heard saying that at that time felt a little bit out of place and they they that reminder could have been in a different way and better
0: yeah
4: yeah i yeah i i kind of agree with both you guys in that point, even up to the scene with Ndoye and I had to, I had to look him up, uh, but Harai um, who was basically, who basically was like, yeah, don't bleep this up guys. (laughs) Why are we beating up
0: on Harai?
4: Yeah. I I honestly felt so I, I I got to the point where I felt bad for the actor Uh, for having to say that part because, (laughs) you know, it's just a thankless thing that, is just exists so he could be berated later in the show.
0: <laughs> like uh, I mean, I, like come on, he, he's he, he's fine. There are plenty of other uh, Starfleet captains, uh, doctors, uh, uh, it, you know, a, any any position who have been a little rough around the edges. McCoy, uh, McCoy, yeah, yeah, a little brusque, a little inappropriate. Like, come on, come the on,
4: prickliest character on this cast gave the pep talk this week come on
0: <laughs> you're right you're exactly right oh man all right so uh alan before we uh jump over here because we got uh one more call we want to fit in before we switch gears and we get over to <laughs> card yep uh any final thought here on disco
4: uh, no just uh you know it continues to ramp up pretty nicely interesting to see what happens with uh with uh you know, our our captive. Will there be a Reno nine one one? We'll have oh, to see. No. you
3: nice. know, but she had my
1: favorite. She actually had my favorite line of the episode. Oh yeah, yeah. you mentioned, her little pep top, and it's a continued conversation about mental health. Yeah. Um, she said, "No one is always okay, kid, and it takes a hell of a lot of strength to admit when you're not." Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Lo- and, love that.
4: Uh, yeah. On that note, I'll uh, depart possibly for now
0: (laughs) okay Ooh, the mystery will keep me going through the commercial break all right uh we'll see in a bit and uh rounding out our discussion tonight on disco it's paul who's wearing entirely the wrong sweatshirt
1: so am i we're both wearing picard you both are (laughs)
0: yes (laughs) but that's okay well we'll have you back uh what's on your (laughs) mind tonight paul
5: Come to the disco. Stay for the Picard. There you, you know, go. That's where goes. Uh, like it. First of all, in the green room, we suggest that the Cronenberg uh, action figure have uh, two heads at least for the stern yet you know pensive kind of Cronenberg, and then the angry Cronenberg. If you can <laughs> tell them apart, <laughs> that's
0: perfect. That's perfect. It should Swap literally should literally just come with two that look exactly the same. That would be awesome. Oh my that's, god! Yes, that's
5: awesome. And and we got it. You know I. I have a shout out for these costumes. So the spacesuits are one thing, but the precursor Mm -hmm. to the spacesuits, are they like a little too sm ish I mean, they are pretty intensely, they're there at the level. That's the thing you'd see on the Star Trek cruise, I'm sure.
0: Uh, Well, if you're lucky. Um, Which John just came back from. (laughs) Which, oh, that's a whole other show. Um, (laughs) But yeah, so let me ask you about that because one of my notes was, I, yeah, I, I question that costume choice because it, it was just a weird... It's like the costume designers felt like, well, we haven't done a Mirror Universe thing in a while and we really like to put our actors in armor, so let's do that. But it's before we get to the EV suits. And even before that, like I don't mind when Star Trek does a visual reference or, or doing a little uh, uh, creative reuse, but the slow walk down the hallway, I was just like, come on. Like at a certain point, at a certain point, it becomes parody when you do that. I was
5: was right there with you, John. I'm like, where is this going? And then shout out to Detmer for having an episode, you know, that really showcased her. A, she looks really good in that particular costume. Yeah. And the, as she held her cool through the whole yeah, hydrocarbon thing, which, yeah. you know, as a chemist, I sort of cringe at all that, but <laughs> not just, a, I not was wondering
1: just, what scientists would think uh, of it. Yeah. It's
5: like the dust. I mean, pollen makes more sense, but you know, is it to limit the number of pheromones coming I out don't, I of don't, whatever. We'll yeah. We're going to learn more let, about it. Yeah. They walk in it and it got through the the suit, but because you didn't step in it, yeah whatever we'll, yeah. We'll just, <laughs> yeah. just leave it there um that,
0: that was a weird choice yeah so
5: you know and then a dyson ring i thought was a really cool thing i wanted them to go in there i i mean they're on this sort of half planet right that's yeah. where they be It's so why didn't they go into the dyson ring
0: I, uh, maybe they will maybe they will next week i don't know and we want yeah. to see what's in
5: there and yeah. then uh finally to round out, let's see was the last thing yeah tark is, i mean what was he thinking of all the people you're going to take jet reno she's not going to be (laughs) missed well
1: i mean she's well first of all she will be missed but i mean
0: yeah but she she's the one who could more quickly uh immediately blow their cover so well yeah circumstances
1: called for her to be taken hostage
0: yeah, and by the way, uh, somebody's got to do a security upgrade on Zora, because I'm sorry, but the the little thing with the... Yeah, here, put this on your arm.
1: Oh, cover up your life signs. It'll
0: cover up your life signs. Like, no, has anybody heard of a motion detector? Because, I'm sorry, Zora... Again, a Betazoid. Yeah. A Betazoid. If we had a Betazoid, Betazoid
1: she would be yeah. like, no, there's two more people here than there should be. Yeah,
0: yeah.
5: Plus the mass of the ship increases for whatever they're going to do, travel or whatever. Now you've got this other... I suppose it's no different than having it in the in the the docking bay, but sure, you know, sure. there's a lot of it's it's sort of convenient. This guy is smarter than the supercomputer on 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 Discovery, right? You know, it's like
0: the it's, sentient supercomputer on Discovery, and then he takes yeah.
5: Reno. So I'm just thinking, you know not your best move but hey let's see where this goes well
1: i mean again it was better than her like causing a commotion and there being because you know the scene after that i'm like what why isn't there any commotion why isn't security being called like
0: we got to open with that on the next episode because by the way uh jet reno would have life signs that could be detected by zora
1: yeah zora could be like there's a missing person yeah
0: yeah, exactly. By the way, so we, we are going to shift gears here to talk about Picard uh, right after the break. But most important thing that nobody has brought up yet uh, in this week's Discovery. I hope you it's know the Lower it Decks is. reference. Yes, we <laughs> got the Lower Decks reference that the world has been waiting for. We didn't get hot banana, but we got steamed, steamed banana. banana. And uh, writers, my hat is off to you for that. So, Gene cut.
1: I mean, that can't have been a coincidence, right?
0: Oh hell no! Okay. I, I yeah, it, it is, it's got to be somebody on Disco saw that or they read that early script and they were like, "Hot banana, it's going <laughs> in, it's going in." All right,
5: this we'll is, see you guys on the flip side. All right.
0: All right, we'll see you in a bit, Paul. All right. Yeah, I, I was so happy with that. Um, well, I think that does it for all the uh, all the notes that I had. Other than uh, remember, people whenever you hear the title of an episode or the title of a movie spoken in that movie or episode you got to give a golf clap so oh you set, do the golf
1: clap i do I they do said the, the thing
0: oh you do that okay no i i do a golf clap so uh, they got a golf clap on this Wait, episode you
1: guys are astronauts on some sort of star, star trek. trek
0: i did <laughs> i did that mhm <gasps> All right, everybody. So uh, any of you who have not been in the queue yet to talk to us about Picard, make sure you hit the button or you call and you talk to Earl in the green room and he will hook you up. Otherwise, I you know we're going to have some uh, repeat callers, and I'm looking forward to that as well. Let's get some new faces in there, too, though. Uh, but before we switch over to Picard, I just want to remind everybody, if you visit our Patreon page, patreon.com slash mission log, that gives you access to so many perks. You get... Access to our private Discord server. I almost said disco server, which is fine, too. I like a disco server, but Discord. <laughs> um, and that is fantastic. It's great. I promise I will get caught up there. Been away, had lousy internet for a week, so I will get caught up there. Uh, you also get exclusive content. Uh, like, we just had our, uh, extended interview with Nana Visitor. And then, uh, Norman and I have, uh, put up our extended cuts, our, our uncut versions of our discussion of DS9 and like, uh, what we left behind exclusive to our Patreon as well as exclusive swag, as well as early access and uncut access to our weekly episodes. There is so much there. Plus more importantly, it's a community. People just hang out there. They chat on our discord. There is so much going on. Be a part of that. Join us there. Patreon.com slash mission log. Look, it can run you as low as a buck a month. And if you sign up for a year, it's even less than a buck a month. So join us again. Patreon.com slash mission log. Wow. It's that time
1: to change my background. Change
0: your background. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay, so uh, it's time again for a recap. This one's slightly longer than the disco recap, but not. I by mean, much.
1: it's the first episode.
0: It's the yeah. There's a lot to get through, but all right, here we go, if you'll allow me. So, Star Trek: Picard, the stargazer. There is a ship with a crew somewhere in space, taking an absolute walloping by something. It's chaos. And on the bridge are Captain Rios, Dr. Girardi, and a disheveled Picard who hears his name called by a familiar mechanical female voice just as he orders the ship's auto-destruct. Cut to 48 hours earlier at lovely Chateau Picard. It's the end of the harvest, and Picard and Laris have a moment of candor bordering on intimacy, in which she asks if he is always running to the stars or away. The awkwardness is interrupted by Picard's own memory of his difficult childhood, his bond with his mother, his fear of his father, and his mother's admonition to look up to the stars when it's all too much to bear. And in those stars, at that very moment, very far away, a Starfleet ship encounters a thing, an anomaly that's green and scary. Where's everybody else? Well, Seven is on La Serena doing kick-ass stuff, and her only companion is Holo Rios. Soji and Jurati are in the Beta Quadrant doing fancy stuff. Rios is in the area in his new command, the USS Stargazer, and picks up Jurati to investigate something important. Admiral Picard has just given a speech at the Academy celebrating new cadets like Elnor, who happens to be the first full Romulan to go through. Commander Raffi is there, too, and off to her assignment, partly mentoring Elnor. So the Stargazer and La Serena are in the area to check out the anomaly, and there's a garbled, complex signal coming through asking for help from Picard. Picard has beamed himself over to Los Angeles, though. He's stopping in to say hello to Guinan, running a bar, no less. He wants to talk about his love life, or lack thereof, and she's about the best listener he knows. In short order... He's back home in France, getting caught up on the anomaly that's transmitting his name. Starfleet wants him to check it out, so he heads off to a rendezvous with the Stargazer and some of his most recent crew, leaving Laris behind. On board and confronting the anomaly, Picard opens a channel and, whoops, it's the Borg! Come on, the green light wasn't a tip-off? An all-new Borg ship emerges from the anomaly and is now faced with just about every Starfleet ship ever It's a quiet standoff while Picard and his crew try to figure out what to do, which comes down to either fight or not fight. Too late, the Queen is coming and beaming right onto the Stargazer bridge to see Picard. She starts assimilating the ship and the rest of the fleet with it until Picard steps in to activate auto-destruct. In that last second, the Queen addresses Picard and tells him to look up. Then it all blowed up real good. Awakening at his Chateau Solarium, where he remembered his mother, now practically a ruin, Picard finds everything around him has changed. It's darker, tonally, there are weapons on display everywhere, there's no Laris, but there is one of those creepy androids we saw when all hell broke loose last season, and there's another familiar voice calling out for Mon Capitaine. oh hello, Q. It's the end, but the trial never ends.
1: Ah. ah, you know what I find wild? What about this season going to be basically Q? Mm-hmm. Is and we actually I wrote uh, an episode of Sci Fi Five that okay. talked about yes. this. Yes, but Q was like a weird afterthought that Gene came up with. For totally. the pilot episode of TNG because the, they couldn't decide if it was going to be an hour or an hour and a half or two hours. Or, and they went back and forth on that a lot. Right. Q was a filler. Like, he yeah. was a character that Gene created as a filler. And this many years later, there's going to be an entire season, presumably based on this trial of the human species
0: I, does he not get tired of putting Picard on trial? Like, literally, you did that, and then seven years later, you did it again, and now 30 years later, you're doing it. it come on, Q, seriously. Like, there is a whole universe to explore out there.
2: How
1: do you know he's not messing with everybody else? Or that, okay, the Q continuum. It's yes. a thing though. We've yep. seen other cues. We've met other cues. Right. What if this cue is just assigned to mess with Picard for the rest <laughs> of his life, and all the other cues are assigned to other people to mess with them?
0: Because he's like Trelane. He's like not a very good cue in that respect. The others like we're doing all this important stuff. We're world building, and we're like, you go mess with Picard. Just just do that, and we'll check in with you later.
1: Which uh, Trelane is arguably who Q was based on, although Mm -hmm. Gene never admitted it. And that's something that I talk about in that episode, too. But
0: Indeed, indeed. So if you're not following Sci-Fi 5 at Sci-Fi 5 Pod, do it. And you can hear Holly and uh, uh, Earl and Norm and so many other people, voices from our, uh, well, you're writing.
1: I'm writing. uh, I don't do voiceover. I'm sorry. I'm not cool enough for that.
0: Yeah. Well, (laughs) okay. Come on. Yeah, you are cool. Alright. Um, excellent. Well, I, I have many thoughts on this episode. I'm sure that you do too, but let's get right back to our callers because that's why we're here. And up first, oh, drumroll please, Valeria! Alright, here we go. Valeria, All right. thoughts about okay. Picard?
3: Woo! Lay it on us. Alright, so season one of Picard was my favorite of the new live action stuff, what, I feel really? very strong. I feel okay. very strongly about the card. Now, okay. part of it, okay, part of it ties into the fact that the first uh, Star Trek that I have conscious memory of was going to see the 2009 movie in theaters. Um, that was not my first contact with Star Trek because my first contact with Star Trek was my dad watching the end of the episode that was airing that night, Rivals. Um, while i was being born oh my god you're a baby (laughs) (laughs) but (laughs) rivals aside um but i immediately got very attached to the romulans and oh no they lost their planet um and so Mm -hmm. i've always wanted like post supernova romulan content so i was Mm -hmm. just like immediately on board for Picard. I was still in like season one or season two of TNG when season one aired. Wow. Okay. This is where I'm coming from.
1: TNG is my first conscious memory. I'm 16 months older than TNG.
3: (laughs) This is... This is where I'm coming from, coming into this. Yeah. So, um... (laughs) I have a lot of thoughts and... (laughs) Figuring out how to sequence them. So
2: the world (laughs) of Star Trek is
3: very big Mm -hmm. and Starfleet is just a very small part of it. Mm -hmm. And so I was very excited to have a completely non-Starfleet show. Hmm. Like, yes, half the cast, half the main cast was former Starfleet but no one in that main cast in season one was currently in Starfleet. True. Yeah. Right. And I was very excited about that. And we ended it with a ship full of non-Starfleet people looking like they were about to go off on non-Starfleet adventures. And I was very <laughs> excited for that. <sighs> with the experiences that Rios and Raffi have had with Starfleet, why are they back? Why is Picard back with Starfleet? And what could Elnor's motivation for joining Starfleet possibly be? I feel so massively betrayed. <laughs> yeah, I feel I- so massively betrayed from just the premise of these characters that they were given. Over the course of those 10 episodes, like where we find them just flies aside, basically aside from Gerardi and um, Soji. Everyone else, it's like, why? Why well, are you here?
0: Let, let's not forget that Gerardi. Charani did murder her uh, ex-boyfriend, you know, and and now she's like...
3: She was found not guilty. That that actually goes directly to the next, the other thing that I want to talk about,
0: which is
3: my speculation for where this season goes. Okay. All right. Because, okay, so... It's just between us, so you can tell us. (laughs) This starts with the framework of my analysis for season one, which is... It's Nemesis meets Where Are Little, What Are Little Girls Made Of. Okay.
0: Okay. Um, Good there.
3: I could, I could write a dissertation on the parallels between What Are Little Girls Made Of and Picard Season 1. <laughs> <laughs> but I will briefly touch on the fact that Gerardi uh, Maddox is just straight up Chapel Corby. Hmm. Oh, okay, okay.
0: I like this. I like since, where you're going since, with this. Yeah. Since,
3: since you mentioned that, yeah. Ah, um, oh, there's just a lot of pieces there. Um,
1: <laughs> I'm still, but, I'm still sore about Maddox. I will sure. always be sore about Maddox that they sure. didn't bring back. And I don't know what the story was, but they didn't bring back the original
3: actor. And I right. Yeah. Um. But so building on that framework of a TNG movie and a TOS episode where I see season two going is pretty obvious. Like we've got Borg and time travel. So we're playing with first contact on the movie front.
4: Hmm.
3: And then (sighs) we could be going city on the edge of forever but given Kurtzman's love of the animated series that shines through in all of the animated series references that come up, yeah, in uh-huh. every single new show, what if we're going yesteryear?
0: Oh, you mean they have what- to kill a Salot? Because <laughs> <laughs> no! uh, I, I, I don't know oh. if I'm here for that.
3: <laughs> you know. I. So, so, like, yeah, I, I don't know exactly how the themes are going to play out, but, like, these are just themes that I'm looking out for in this season. Okay.
0: I, I think all of that is very fair. My, my concern, as always, with New Trek is that it has to be familiar, but it has to be different. And yes. there are only so many themes to play with. And what I always want is... I want the the powers that be writers, producers to kind of look at the the layout of the season and just go like, here's the message. Here's the important theme that we're dealing with and Mm -hmm. not feel like, well, to make it Star Trek, we've got to fit in 50 other things that keep sort of telling the audience, like, see, we did this. See, we did this. See, we did Mm -hmm. this other thing. Therefore, you know, it's Star Trek. Um, I, you know, it's very interesting that you mentioned the the sort of the cast formation for the first season, none of them being Starfleet, none of them being currently Starfleet. Mm -hmm. That was a really cool perspective to bring to to have that story. But to that
1: point, I think mm -hmm. there's a reason why they've all because he's having a conversation with Rafi and she says, she divulges that Picard is now the chancellor of Starfleet Academy. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. it's obviously something to do with him because Rafi is also still a commander and she's later commanding the Excelsior, which is where Elnor goes to. Presumably the Excelsior is a training ship. They're talking about the Kobayashi Maru. Everybody had to have come back because of him.
0: Well, and the only one that I'm really just totally fine with is Seven. She's just out there doing the things that Seven mm-hmm. does, right. uh, you know, killing people and, you know, running <laughs> running supplies. So <laughs> that's fine. And and the fact that she would show up where that anomaly is, the fact that she would answer the call, like that. Totally fits. That makes absolute sense. Um, Raffi, because she was Starfleet, because we saw growth out of her in the last season, because she spent this time and kind of buried the hatchet with Picard. Okay, you know, maybe there's missing story there that places her back at Starfleet. Rios is a little harder to swallow, and then Elnor just seems completely out of left field. Like you know, like here, take this poor Romulan orphan and just, we don't know what to do with them. Just uh, put them in Starfleet, get them a uniform because, right. Yeah. You know, um, um, but, uh, but there is sort of the production reality is, okay, we have to get everybody back together,
2: mm-hmm. but
0: was yeah. it too, too easy a call to just throw them all in Starfleet uniforms?
3: Like, yeah. I, I, I just have a hard time with why they got split up in the first place. Like, Sure. Why, why why, was splitting them up to need to put them back together necessary mm-hmm. um especially seven and Rafi, like the no man's land audio drama that came mm-hmm. out from them last month really had me thinking that whatever happened like seven and raffy would be in proximity to each other and not doing long distance yeah At the start of the season. So like, I'm just very confused about what's going on narratively here.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It it is. You know what? I absolutely will give you that. It's a bit of a clunky setup. It, It is one of those things where it's just the show presumes, well, we have to get the band back together and they do it all in this pilot. Whereas I would have been fine if maybe we had discovered some of them elsewhere. Later, Mm -hmm. but for whatever reason, they decided like, nope, we're going to do it all right now um and some of that is a little harder to swallow it does
1: feel a lot like a pilot too because we're you were talking about Mm -hmm. how you guys are doing Mm -hmm. caretaker on the on the non-live show and like caretaker is my favorite for a very good because they set up the characters really well this Mm -hmm. is the first episode of the second season it's not a pilot but it felt like a pilot yeah right right. and some of the Mm. some of the ways in which the characters are involved feels unnatural. Whereas like Voyager is my favorite because everything feels natural. I wonder, except for Jacote.
0: I (laughs) wonder, Yes. I wonder if that's a result, though, of kind of modern production technique where you do 10 episodes, you're gone for a year or right. more, and then you come back and do 10 episodes. You have to, is there this even kind of sub, subconscious idea you have to reintroduce everything? Oh, while Whereas, also
1: cramming in all these references. I mean, we right, were, right. We, we saw the Deltons for like the first time since who knows when. <laughs> like, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> But you know, is it different when you're doing twenty six episodes a season and you got three and a half, four months off? and you feel like it's a little easier to say, like, yeah, they're they're just they're they're where they were when we left off. They're fine. Right. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know.
1: And this is, so, you know, X amount of years later. We know that this takes place in twenty four oh one because of the vintage on the wine bottles.
0: Like, uh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. This is much later. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, well, hey Valeria, I'm going to ask you if you got any final parting thought here. As we got some more callers to get to, um, and then of course we'll, we'll have opportunity to do this again. John Delancey's just looking great. Hey, yeah,
3: loving that. <laughs> it's
0: like a million bucks. I, I think everybody <laughs> agrees here with you, definitely. Uh, by the way, uh, Dominic to you, Holly, uh, with your love of caretaker. Dominic says Holly just loves banjos. So. Oh yeah. That's. <laughs> Hundred percent, big big banjo fan. Southern Mm -hmm.
1: cooking or whatever. Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) It works time for
3: banjos. (laughs) (laughs) All
0: right, (laughs) Valeria, take care. We'll see you again soon. Okay. Uh, Let's see here. So so many comments. So but why was the band separated? That that's something that Dave says. Well, at the end of the episode, you know they had what a couple of years then to go off on their own. Yeah. Uh, Is Elnor joining Starfleet much different than Nog joining Starfleet?
1: Uh, uh, no, also to that mm-hmm. point, their uniforms are still wildly similar to what Nog wore.
0: Oh, gray yeah. with the red yoke, and with we don't red, see yeah. it very well,
1: but they have the big pockets on their legs, too.
0: Yeah, interesting. So right. that's a nice, right.
1: I'm glad that they kept those the same, obviously. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, Dave, Dave says there was something very Knott's Berry Farm about Caretaker. <laughs>
1: Okay. But I listen, I, I, the, reason why, I lo- yeah. the reason why the reason why it's my favorite though yeah. is because each character, except for Dakota, <laughs> is introduced really well and you learn about them. You learn what you need to know about them very quickly. Yeah. And then we have the context of the entire series in the first episode. They I, cannot in the Delta wait, water.
0: I cannot wait for you to listen to this week's uh, mission log. And then we, we chat about I, it. Sometime. I have
1: a lot of thoughts. I, I'm all over the place. Like my Voyager is not my favorite series, but it's got my favorite pilot and my favorite episode of all time. It's, I'm, I'm very all over the place and I have reasons for everything. But I digress because <laughs> this is not about Voyager.
0: Look, Norman already got the gig. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's bring in our next caller. We have Chris, who has been standing by. All At Chateau right.
1: Picard. At Chateau
0: Picard. Welcome back, Chris. All you right, hard to try. <laughs> right. it's it's Picard time. What do you got for us?
2: Yeah, this is this is. I I really liked it. I thought it was a really good. editor to what you guys said. I would have liked to see what we seems to be the two and a half or one and a half two years in between the end of one and the start of two, mm-hmm. but everyone seemed to be in a place that I believe to the point that like, I, I know everyone or a lot of people have been talking about, they want like a stargazer spinoff with Rios and them. And that's cool. That's great. But mm. really the spinoff I want is the gerardi and Soji variety hour. Right. Like, <laughs> their chemistry they had at that, you know, ambassador, whatever party that was, that was four yeah. of them together, please.
0: Uh, I, but yeah, I, I, yeah. All right. I want to know where they shot that uh, because it was a cool location.
1: It's some top of some building in LA.
0: L.A. not Toronto. Oh no, no, uh, they shoot everything L.A. here. Of course, they shoot of, LA, course, of, course of course, yeah, like, they shoot L.A. for Picard. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I thought They're that was great. They're not
1: gonna make him travel that far.
0: No, no, no that, that was his call. Yeah. Um, uh, so I, I did love that. I love just Giraudy's discomfort at being flirted with. <laughs> I thought the the voice around that was perfect. Um, and they, yeah, they, they were great together. So it's nice to see uh, Soji back for sure. By the way, speaking of people who are there or people who aren't there, can I just say what the hell happened to Jaban? Yeah, uh, no, we don't know.
1: It's just a mention yeah. that it's yeah. been what a year and a half.
2: Yeah, yeah. Rip, rip Jaban, pour one out. Like man, damn.
1: <laughs> just pour one out at ten four with Gynen.
0: With
2: guy, <laughs> exactly.
0: Yeah. I. Uh, I, okay, I'm curious to see what else we get out of Guinan because I feel like this is another one of those where are they going to use the character well or are they just going to use the character as that thing to sort of show the audience, look, look, it's it's you know, all your TNG favorites because here's Guinan and we couldn't think of anything else to do other than bartender. Yeah, I mean, um, I'm really
1: shaky on that too, especially given how she was asked to be on the show, which was lovely on you know on the view when mm-hmm. when he was on for when um yeah sir patrick was on for promotion of the first season um i cried full on but Aww. it also felt like it was just going to be maybe like a, an appearance or a cameo versus her being like an integral part of the story but i'm i'm hoping that she's going to be an integral interest- part of the story i mean the fact that she still has a that she has a bar that is i don't know weird <laughs> and divey Right. It's just, also,
0: it, it's just strange. I mean, it, it's been a long time since uh, she was the bartender on the enterprise. Right. And, and Guinan is an interesting character from an interesting species. Larians are the, super interesting. Yeah. Have yeah. all these other aspects and talents. It's like, uh, is that really like Would the audience, not get it. Right. Unless she's a bartender. You there's know? also
1: guys, there's something, there's something super out of place. When Picard beams in too, mm-hmm. there's this thing behind him when he beams in that looks very Cardassian. And a bunch of people saw it in the in the preview. And I know exactly what it is. Go ahead and, and- <laughs> say
0: it because so do Trek I. Trek movie I was it. like,
1: Trek movie was like, what is this? And I was like, a hundred percent. That yep. was a fixture at Star Trek the Experience in Las Vegas to hold t-shirts yes and i there's two of them in the archive and i jammed them together to hold a a roll of bubble wrap and it was my bubble wrap dispenser and i don't know why in god's name they were like yeah let's put this giant weird cardassian slightly cardassian looking thing i literally guys that's from the experience
0: i love that so much (laughs) so weird so much um so I I, I do uh, I didn't just bring up Jaban, uh just because I want to know where he is, but I also like that's another one of those choices where going into the new season I feel like everybody who saw season one we all said like oh Laris and Javon they're so cool there's so much more to those characters this is great we would like to see more of them please and then you come into the new season one of them's dead and there's this quasi manufactured almost romantic scene and yeah. like i i get it hey hey they're they're both very attractive they spend a lot of time together i but it just felt a bit out of place for me
2: yeah, i i will say that arc is the one that i felt most needed like we needed to see the in-between time jump yep. everyone else yep. like yeah i believe everyone else ended up where they were I will I need to see that year and a half. I need to see what happened to Javon. I need to see have they talked about this at all before now? Like, has this been long brewing? Did she just bring it up that night? Like they mm-hmm. that one needed more context, definitely. Yep.
0: yep. I did love her line though, talking about him being gone and and how Romulan's process this differently from other species, especially from humans. We love deeply and then we honor that love by loving again, even more deeply still.
1: Still, yes. It's a great line.
0: It was so beautiful. It was so lovely. And, and, you know, Romulans who for such a long time were written as, you know, the two-dimensional villain of the week, but like Klingons, like Cardassians, like other characters, the longer you spend with them in universe, they get to have nuance and they get to have depth. And for as much as we learned about Klingon opera or about Cardassian literature, having a moment like this its sort of the the heart and soul of Romulans, I thought was, uh, was really nice. Uh, what else you got for us, Chris?
2: I, I, do, I do have one nitpick I have one tiny
0: bring it bring it you're allowed more than one but right. and this
2: is this actually happens both in Discovery and in this episode of Picard is every time they show Starfleet Academy it's on the wrong side it's on the Marin side and not the San Francisco side.
1: It is. It's on the north side. They always show it as on the north side. Yeah.
2: It's like, that's not where San Francisco is, guys.
1: (laughs) No, it's not. It's not. You know, what's so funny is that I've been up to San Francisco a couple of times in the last few months because I'm working on a a project up there. And uh, one of the guys from Star Trek Online, he grew up there. He, you know, Star Trek Online is based uh, in that area. Mm -hmm. And we went on a little trip, and he took me down, like, to where it is. And yeah, it's way on the other side. Uh, so yeah, it's like not nope, that's not really sam Francis. It's like
2: they got the wrong plate in the vFX house, like they went out and just <laughs> messed it up, but they just keep copy pasting it because nobody told them like I don't oh, know, oh no,
0: oh, <laughs> that's funny, okay, so ten years from now when they do the special director's cut edition, so I'll go back in and they'll they'll flip that exactly. plate, yeah, oh my god, wow okay that's that's pretty funny. All right. uh, all right, Chris, well, thanks so much, and uh we'll say goodbye for now, and then uh, we'll catch you again. All right, see you, man. All right, Take care. And coming back for round two because he just can't stand to be away from us. It's Alan. <laughs> Alan, oh, you back. know, it's been it's so long. Night.
4: Yeah, it's been
0: so long. All <sighs> right, so
4: I was telling the green room guys that in the past forty-eight hours, I've been through basically a tornado and a blizzard. So this is this is you know. Whoa. This is relaxing for me. So this is great. Wow. <laughs> I'm sorry.
1: And like, I hear the, the horror stories of you guys in those areas. And then John Ooh. and I are in Southern California. Yeah. Like I'm roasting yeah. in this Picard sweater right now. I'm <laughs> so sorry that you guys are in. Hey, don't,
0: condition. don't jinx it. We have our own <laughs> issues out here. Okay.
1: Yeah. We yeah. Not,
4: earthquakes. Uh, yeah. I'm not, yeah. I'm not, you know, I'm not, you know, trading war stories on nat- natural disasters. I mean, it got down means. to
1: sixty degrees yesterday, and I was wearing fleece leggings, oh. and complaining <laughs> about how cold I was.
0: Oh, the pain! So... The indignity of it all. The yeah. thing
4: is, it was like in the seventies a little while ago, and honestly, that's probably part of the problem because it's not supposed to be that way at yeah. the end of February and the beginning of March. That's you know, the climate is changing for some weird unexplained reason
0: uncompletely completely baffling who yeah, knows, yeah. Who, knows? Who, yeah. who could
4: have predicted that
0: yeah <laughs> uh so uh alan thoughts about picard tonight
4: oh yeah what? that show yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah no i i solid opening um uh it was i do in a way it was a little a little bit weird to start and media res um knowing that we would i i like I I appreciated the fact that it was sort of like, let's show you where we end up and then we'll work our way back to it. It's very cinematic, Mm -hmm. but it also, I mean, not that there was too much uh, confusion about who was coming through the, the space void, but, you know, obviously, you know, when you've got a Borg on, on the bridge in the first scene and then for, the next 50 minutes everyone's like i don't know who it could be it was a little,
0: <laughs> i mean just, it, it was green and we heard robot voices yeah, okay green, multiple yeah, robot were,
3: voices
1: yeah but, i feel like the reason they're confused is because presumably the Borgers have been destroyed they even have a conversation about that like they are functionally dismantled yeah right they so brought like, up the
4: charter, and you know the Borg aren't litigious,
0: so you know. <laughs> <laughs> but they do love a dramatic entrance. Oh so, yeah. So yeah, and and uh, so the Borg Queen looks very different. God, and that
1: helmet is so cool. The helmet. Right. Somebody cosplays that. Did please. you get that?
0: Did Did you like really zoom in and take a look? Like it was, like moving parts yeah. within that. That it's was
1: very, very intricate.
0: Cool. Yeah. yeah,
4: There's gears and stuff moving in there. That's awesome. Yeah.
0: So, uh, and please correct me here because you know I, I have just now started my Voyager rewatch, and I know that we had, uh, you know, our introduction to the Borg Queen and first contact. Borg Queen is is a being that can sort of be recreated, reinvented by well, the collective. Yes, yeah, so and that- they
1: they had to they basically had to do that because. In, in Voyager, when well, you get, I know we
0: have a different actor. We, yeah. uh, we
1: have two of the same two, well, but two, you have Alice like, Krieg that she plays it, she plays Susanna, it at some point. Susanna
4: Thompson, right? And then yeah. Susanna
1: play, yeah. So the Borg Queen is an entity that is, um, can be switched up in terms of the body that it's in, essentially. Got it. Interestingly enough, she always looks almost exactly the same, right? always a lady
0: yeah 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 all she's right it's not
1: like a like a twirl you know or it's like a different person right right every Hello, time Oh, i'm
4: the borg queen
1: <laughs> no they try to make her look very very similar which you know given the what they could do with that like she doesn't need to look the same well hey you know if you yeah. have a
0: good look you stick with it you know i you, mean she's you gotta you cultivate those things it, it <laughs>
1: I remember seeing her for the first time in first contact and being just horrified. I was like 10 years old and was like, Oh my God, the (laughs) boards still scare the crap out of me. Sure.
0: They should. Oh yeah. 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 All right. Well, I'm very curious to see where we go with this board queen because different look and, and we don't know exactly what she or they are up to because um, I I was having this conversation with someone. She shows up on the bridge and wants power presumably just you know actual physical power although (laughs) their ship had enough wherewithal to punch a hole in the shield just to beam her over right and then she goes about taking over the computers of not just the stargazer but the entire fleet so yeah there's clearly some other purpose can we
1: talk about the fleet too
0: Let's talk about the fleet. Ooh, oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh-huh.
1: the, so I watched the episode twice. The first time I watched it, there, Picard makes a comment when he gets onto the bridge of the Stargazer um, about refits. And I was like, is this the same star? Like is this the same right. stargazer it's the same excelsior that like did they well, start, like but no the registry numbers are different so I watched mm. when I watched it again I was like, oh these are not refits they're the registry numbers are different so Picard, Picard Stargazer the registry number was um, NCC 2893 the new one has sort of a nod to that it's 82893. Mm. That's yeah. cool. Yeah, so, but a lot. Of, but you know, we see the Excelsior, which is a little bit different. The slinky neck is gone, which I love because I hate that <laughs> ship. Uh, there's a mention, you know, the Grissom. So yeah. you know, we Sulu. see that in one of the films. Yeah. yeah. Um. There's a Sulu. So and a lot of these ships are suddenly canon, but they're from Star Trek Online, and a lot of them. Were designed by thomas moroni and if you don't yep. follow thomas moroni on twitter you should because he's giving a lot of really cool information oh, about cool. Those ships
0: that's cool yeah I, I was glad to see a more diverse fleet glad to see you know i i always like ship names and i particularly like historic Ooh, ship names you yeah. know so i think it's a little like okay yeah you, you give me you give me a sulu you give me uh you give me a grissom that's cool because you know uh, named after virgil i gus grissom i love that Do I need another Excelsior? Do I need another Stargazer? Well, for Picard, yes, we do. I'd like to see some other interesting new and historic names in there. I know it's a little late in the production because this was completed a long time ago. I'm just going to go ahead and throw it out right now. We should have a uh, USS Kiev or a USS Zelensky. There you go. I said it.
4: All right. Yep. Um, And uh, I, I was reading on the wiki, you know, you know, Grain of salt, whatever, Mm -hmm. that uh, somewhere in the background of of the departure scene from the Academy, there is some sort of reference to uh, USS Lyon de Grance, which was uh, Patrick's character from Excalibur, correct?
0: Oh, fun! Oh, that's cool. I didn't catch that one. That's cool. I
4: I would not have caught it either. Um, I'm going to have to do a rewatch and see where it's probably like. You know, one of those things in the background that is barely visible. But, yeah, apparently apparently it's there because uh, fandom wouldn't lie to us.
0: <laughs> well, by the way, Nick in the chat is saying, uh, also from Cryptic, uh, we have the names. David Blass gave us the full list. Uh, and I think he's saying that I don't know if he is putting in a vote for one or is saying that it exists. USS Okuda um ah, which yeah. totally duh makes yeah. sense um it, it, see and then there are others coming up as like what about USS Kirk? What about USS Pike? That's what I don't want because I don't want every single reference in Star Trek to be a Star Trek reference. And then my I,
1: dad, talking, uh, yeah. my I, dad I get, talking about the USS Amos.
0: The, the, okay, well, the USS Amos is critical. That That is critical. You know, it's not well, even
1: canon. It didn't make it into the episode. The, uh, it wasn't this episode. It was the pilot episode of uh, Discovery that it was designed for and then did not make it.
0: Didn't did make, make it. it okay. But I, I love, uh, I, like, I want to mix up the real world Historical references with the uh, with the in-universe stuff. So Aaron, you know.
1: Aaron Harvey yes. says USS Erics.
0: Oh yeah, well, that one has a third <laughs> in his cell. That's...
4: Yes, <laughs> there you go.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's the only ship where I'll accept a third in his cell.
4: Exactly. That's yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Even numbers only. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> uh, Alan, we got one more caller, but any any yeah. last thoughts before we jump?
4: Uh, well, just I. Two quick things. Mm -hmm. Uh, Loved the use of diegetic music, Um, both uh, "Time is on Our" "Time is on My Side" Uh and uh, the Edith Piaf song that I can't pronounce because I didn't take French. Um,
1: (laughs) Oh, the one from Inception. Yep. Yeah.
4: Uh The The wake up uh, song. No, I regret nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Which is which is awesome because I think that sort of again. With Q, one of his things in tapestry was all about Picard's regrets. Mm-hmm. So maybe we'll be revisiting that topic as well. Um, but yeah, otherwise, love the, the, the show, love the, the, the fleet, the, the ships. The uniforms look great. And uh, I'm somewhat nervous about delving into yet another Star Trek dystopia. But we'll see how this goes.
0: Yeah, Indeed. We will. All right, Alan, thank you so much no, for your comments tonight and uh, we will see you soon, my friend.
4: Yes. Have a good one.
0: All, all right. Going back to LA
1: 2024 good. and I'm mm-hmm. very curious as to whether or not we will see the bell riots or if they don't happen in this right. timeline.
0: Yeah. We don't know. We yeah. Don't we don't know. know. All right. Well, wrapping it up tonight, the man who has spent so much time in the Earl green room, got to hear all the stories. <laughs> but Paul. Final thoughts for tonight about uh, Picard. Well, let's
5: let's imagine. Okay, so Guinan was alive what a couple hundred years ago on Earth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who says she's not here now, and that Picard runs into her here? How great would that be?
0: Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I why man? Yeah, I would almost think that that's uh, a foregone conclusion because she was there in the late 19th century. Mm-hmm. And right. There was no indication that she was leaving. Right. right? Yeah. yeah
1: we don't know what happened between that yeah. uh, time zero or yeah. the two episodes where we see her on. So her. that
5: means she would have met him <laughs> twice before and after she mm-hmm. was on a bartender on the enterprise. how How amazingly weird would that have been to try and keep that straight when she was on the enterprise? <laughs> right? <sighs> I know what yeah. happened before and I know what happens after, but Oof. in between I gotta pretend I don't know anything. Yeah, I, I, that, that was the green room commentary that we we're on. Um, I just got two words. Orla Brady. Oh, my God. What? The two of them together. That chemistry is so genuine and so unbelievable. It just set the tone for the for the season. Whatever happens, it's just yeah. like we always have that <laughs> moment between those two actors. Yeah. Wow. Is that amazing? So amazing you're here
0: stuff. for it. You're here. All right. Okay. Oh, Go yeah.
5: I, it's Picard. I'm all in. um i I mean you got romance on two shows you got you got you got the alien romance and you got the whatever this i guess this is technically alien too well well, let me
0: ask you let me ask you this though Paul, because you know this has always been sort of a, a, a trope and a problem with star trek you look at all the captains and even the ones that have managed to have or they they introduce a somewhat functional relationship there it just it it falls apart like like it, it always comes apart because their duty is to the ship their duty is to their duty it is to starfleet it is to the 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 wanderlust or whatever like are you satisfied if picard rides off into the sunset with his you know romulan romulan babe
5: <laughs> <laughs> would i be satisfied absolutely you know, okay. if if a man conquers, you know that trial and and it ends a different way than what Q suspects it's going to be. Absolutely, I think it'd be it would be heaven for him to do that. You know, to finally understand what life's about other than service to the the ship and Starfleet. Um, he deserves it. He doesn't need to be going chasing and yet another Borg queen. Um,
0: no, no. So, I mean it only took him nearly a hundred years in an yeah. artificial body and <laughs> plus <laughs> you know, to, to finally get there. Yeah.
5: How long is he going to be around now? Right? Does this body degenerate? Or but does is it-
1: but in? The, did you guys notice that when he crosses over into this alternate universe, he seems slower? Is he still an AI? Uh,
0: yeah. Okay. Because they said, oh well, yeah, 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 I mean, yeah. They they did say you know that the the golem that he uh, is transferred into at the end of season one, it will right. age normally. He'll have the same lifespan because he even makes some quip like you couldn't give me 10 more years or <laughs> right. something you know so uh, presumably that is still whatever happens and wherever he is and reawakened so road, by q
1: q saying like the road less tra- or, or not traveled or whatever like mm-hmm. he even if that road led him down a path in which he does not he's not put into a golem
0: mm-hmm He's still he, aging at he the still same is, rate. He is yeah. a
1: golem now because he's he's crossed over from a universe.
0: Yeah, but he, he's still aging at the same rate. So, right. You know. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, not to change topics too drastically here, but Nick did post the link to that list in our chat. So anybody who is hearing this later or wants to go uh, look at it right now, you can click on that list and get all of yes. the ships that were created for that uh, encounter. Um, and I'm sorry, and we are sort like right up against one, the clock here. But Paul, one last yeah, your, your last thought, please. Watch,
5: watch the ready room as Patrick Stewart himself. Lays out what should be the next Star Trek experience. As he says, when you walk on the Stargazer, I wanted all of our fans to see it. Would that nice. be cool? Or
0: what? okay, all right. I'm Thanks down. for the hour and
5: a half. Good all luck right. the next week. Thank you. Thank
0: you for joining. <laughs> all right, we'll see you soon. Peace out, see you guys. All right. And my see Picard ya.
1: sweater, guys. By the way, is Romulan from the first season? It's the destroyer. It's got the the card on the back. Um, And it is a Cherry Tree exclusive. So if you guys want it, you guys can seek out Cherry Tree, who is an official licensee of Star Trek, and they are selling this on their
0: website. Very cool. I love it. And uh, (laughs) you're always themed appropriately. Well, well, it's a really
1: deep cut, right? Because you would not suspect that this is. Anyways, yeah, it is. Yeah,
0: I love it. All right. well with that Mission Log Live is produced by Roddenberry Entertainment, technical production on Mission Log and Mission Log Live, provided by the intergalactic Earl Green (laughs) Be sure to visit Well, you know, we did finally break the barrier. Be sure to visit podcast.roddenberry.com for the latest from Roddenberry podcasts. If you'd like to support Mission Log directly, give us a look at patreon.com slash mission log. Special thank you as always to co-host Holly Amos. Fantastic here on the live show thank you to everyone who joined us live or later stay safe stay healthy we will see you next week where we are talking more Disco and Picard
3: this is a Roddenberry podcast for
4: more great podcasts visit podcast.roddenberry.com